Good morning, everyone. Let's stand up to our feet as we worship the King of Kings.
Father, we honor your presence in this place. May you always have precedence. May you always take preeminence, Lord, over everything, Lord Jesus, that we say and everything that we do, Father God. Because surely you and you alone are worthy of all the glory. And you and you alone are worthy of all the praise. And you're worthy of all the honor. So we ascribe that to you this morning. We ascribe to you what you are rightfully due, Father God. Thank you for your presence. And everybody said, and everybody said, and everybody said, amen. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. There are so many beautiful people around you. So before we can move on, you have got to high five, hugs and hand pounds, whatever you want to do, at least three to four of them. Good morning. How's it going, church? Good to see you. What a great time of worship. My name is Chris. I'm the student pastor here at the Assembly. And if you are brand new, we'd love to connect with you. Um, one of the ways that we ask uh, to, for you to just do something so it can make it easier for us to do that is filling out a connection card that's located in the seat back in front of you. Um, you can take that out. 
fill it out during this time of announcements. And here in a moment, as we take up the offering, you can drop that in the offering bucket as it comes by. We'd love to connect with you and your family. And we're so grateful that you're here checking out the assembly. Well, we're starting a brand new series this morning that we're so excited about, entitled All In. And let me tell you, there's so many things to celebrate and to get involved with here at our church. And one of the things that I'm really focusing on this morning is this part in uh, your, your handout, the All In Kids Bash. And so starting this Saturday, we're having our Honor Star crowning. And here's the thing, these girls have worked so hard, um, there's so many great accomplishments to celebrate, so make sure you're there. It's 11 a.m. Um, this Saturday in the Hospitality Center, and it's incredible to see not only what God is doing and how he's over the new building, but more importantly, what God is doing in the lives of the kids here at the assembly. And that's something to celebrate, uh, what, what God is doing in our kids' lives here at the assembly. And so uh, that's why there's so much focus in going all in. And there's a whole page devoted to it. And so also next Sunday, uh, we're going to be having special family services celebrating this all-in idea of going in and, and really this new building. And so here's the thing. We're having special services, family services, next Sunday morning. Your kids are invited. But also that night at 6 p.m., we're going to be having another special celebration service. But here's the deal. For those of you that are like, I see this new building going up, but I haven't even had a chance to go into it yet. This Sunday at 4.30, we're going to be giving tours. And so parents, grandparents, you guys are more than welcome to join us for one of the tours happening in our new kids building. And check out and see all the progress that's going on over there. So here's what I want to do. I want to welcome our ushers to make their way down. And we're going to prepare to continue worshiping God and our giving and we're going to just thank God for what he's doing in our kids' ministry, in our church. And we're so excited about this new series and going all in. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our church. God, in our kids. Lord, we pray for ears to hear, minds to understand, and hearts to live out the words that you are going to speak to us through this message series, God. Help us to celebrate and understand the importance of going all in, not only with our local church, but in our relationship with you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I think we should praise God for this awesome worship experience that we have enjoyed this morning. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, church, for your passion to worship Jesus. Uh, what an awesome church it is. And it sets us up to go into this new theme, this new series that I hope is an attitude that just prevails and creates an even greater culture as we come together and as we do life in this community. The name of the series is All In. And you see on the cover of the bulletin, we have you on here or a representation of us it's every age represents all that we are as a church so that everyone is included in the challenge from God's word all of us all in we know that when Joshua was challenged by Moses to go and take a look at the future he went with 11 other spies and so when they came back to give a report it was only Joshua and Caleb that were positive and were forward in their thinking, were all in in the opportunity. They recognized that there were challenges, but they said, we can do this. God has given us the promise. And so let's go and take hold of the future that God has for us. Well, the 10 negative spies, their report is what filled the hearts of the nation. And so all of these people circled in the wilderness for 40 years. 
So 40 years later, now they have an opportunity to go forward and possess the land. When Moses sent Joshua and the other spies, word on the street was that Joshua was around 17 to 20 years of age. How many of you are teenagers or young adults? Let me see your hand. Teenagers, young adults. A lot of people in this room. So you were like Joshua when he was sent to get an idea of what the land would look like. Now Caleb, when he was with those spies, he was 40. How many of you, like me, are 40 plus? Let me see your hand. Well, I can't see your hand anymore, uh, but I agree that it's probably up because I, I sense the movement, but uh, I can't see you anymore. Uh, so Caleb was 40, and Joshua was 17 to 20, and now 40 years later, they finally get to go and possess the land. They get to go and take it, and Caleb is now 80, and so Joshua is somewhere around, you know, 37 to 40, and we see Caleb making that historic statement that he was as able at that point, at age 80, as he was when he was 40. So you see that all-in attitude? So no matter if you are 17 or 40 or 77, it isn't about age, it's about heart. This is a message about our heart and the attitude of our heart that turns into the passion with which we love Jesus and serve Jesus. And my prayer is that we're all in. All in. And so I'm going to take passages and just let the word challenge us about what it means to be fully devoted. What it would look like. What it would look like for us as a church. What it would look like in your life. The starting place is Hebrews 12. So take your... Bibles, whether you access that by your phone or another device, just make sure you turn with me to Hebrews 12, all right? Hebrews 12, we're going to take verses 1 and 2. So Hebrews chapter 12, this is some of the most intense encouragement that we could receive, and it's like a, a, an outline for being all in. Here's what it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, and I just, I want to pause there before I read any more, because this word gives us a clue that if we're going to get all that we need from Hebrews 12, we got to know what happened in chapter 11. When the Bible was written, it didn't have these chapter breaks, and so we would have come out of 11, what we know is that chapter right into this, but at least this word takes us back to knowing what happened in chapter 11 so we can realize the teaching of chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, who is he talking about? All of the people listed in chapter 11, who by faith they did incredible things. People like Abraham, Moses, David, these great people, people like Sarah, men and women who were known for their faith and even uh, known as a champion in the Hall of Fame of Faith. So these people are big time. But what we must notice that in chapter 11, it's not just great things they were doing. There were also some very hard days. Let me kind of give you a description. On the success side, it says they subdued kingdoms, shut the mouths of lions. They were able to get justice for the people. So those are significant victories. At the same time, there were others who were in great adversity, who were destitute who were being fed to the lions. 
And yet they are both listed as these great people of faith. So if we're going to be all in, we have to know how to assess. We have to know how to set expectations. And here's what we're getting right from the beginning of chapter 12. You do not determine the success of your spiritual journey by the good times or the bad times. You determine the success of your journey by your hope-filled heart and your obedience and life of faith. It's not just faith on the good days or the bad days. It's faith every day. I'm all in. I'm all in if things couldn't be better or if things couldn't be worse. I'm not determined by circumstance. I'm determined by my attitude, which is one of devotion to Jesus Christ. If I'm in tribulation or if I'm in the greatest times of success, so be it. My heart is determined by a choice, not by circumstance. All in people are people who make a choice that say, I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to honor his challenge to me. I'm going forward in the future he has for me. And I will not determine the success of my life by circumstance, but by his presence with me and my devotion to him. So we're surrounded by these people, like in an arena that are cheering us on, who have known the best and the worst and yet maintain their faith. And they encourage us, they challenge us, they motivate us. And what do they motivate us to do? They motivate us, and let's continue on, in this life of faith to strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. One version says, lay aside the weight and the sin that would slow us down, that would trap us. So I want you to see two things here. First of all, sin, like a fire, and the weight, the cause of that sin as like the fuel that feeds the fire. So if we're going to be all in, we have to take sin seriously. We preach grace at this church. I'm going to preach grace as clearly and as compellingly as I can because grace is way more amazing than any preacher has the ability to adequately communicate. But grace does not take away the seriousness of sin. Grace does not remove the importance of taking sin seriously. So the writer here says, strip off every weight. So deal with not only the sin, but deal with what's causing the sin. And when you deal with this weight that slows you down, it gets different for everyone. We're all in our race. What's slowing you down? It may be different than what's hindering the person sitting beside you. This is a wisdom issue. And so, let me give an example. How many of you have Instagram? Let me see your hand. If you go onto Instagram every day, and you look at those pictures, and all you do is compare yourself with others, and you find yourself being very discouraged and, and until you really make a mockery of how God has made you, that's a serious issue. You need to look at what's feeding that issue in your life. So is Instagram sin? Absolutely not. But if it is unwise for you to race to Instagram throughout the day so that at the end of looking at pictures that people put up, which they only put up the best, right? 
Like, none of us take the picture when we're at our worst. We should just all, tomorrow, Instagram the worst picture of ourselves ever. What we do is we take a picture, and then we use all of the, the ways that we can edit that picture, and we can shade it, and we can light it, and we can look, and if we don't like it, we can take another one until we post that. And if you go and look at people's pictures, and all it does is make you criticize who you are and who God has made you, then what is feeding that fire in you? So are you, are you tracking with me? Does that sound legalistic or does it sound wise? Does it sound like people who are wanting to be serious? See, if you're going to be all in, you have to deal with the sin that wants to trip you up. But if you're going to deal with the sin, you've got to back it up and deal with what's fueling that fire. So if we are going to be all in, it, it, here's the bottom line. Take sin seriously. There is a way that seems right, but the end is destructive. Sin will always take from you. It it is never going to be good for you, so take it seriously. All in, says, Lord, I'm yielding myself. Now let's keep going. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Your life is like a race. And you are to run the race. That's an all-in word. I'm not being casual with my one and only life I'm going for it. I'm going to run this race and be all that the Lord wants me to be. And I want to accomplish what he is destined for me to accomplish. And I know it's not going to be easy. There are going to be parts of the race, sheer endurance. One foot in front of the other because I have committed to run this race. Now I am dealing with what could slow me down and what could trip me up. All in. Here's the strategy. Let's keep going. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Be challenged today with your focus. Are you focused on him? Meaning, you are led to his word. You read the word. You consider Jesus. You consider what you know about Jesus. You are lifting your thoughts. Paul wrote in Colossians, he says, set your mind on things above. Well, well, what does that mean? It means to elevate your thinking. Paul said you can think on these things, those things that are right, those things that are pure, those things that are noble, those things that are true. You begin to elevate your thinking, and that will feed your heart the kind of strength you're going to need as you run this race. So we keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. One version says he's the author and perfecter. What that is saying is that you and I are saved because Jesus awakened in us our need of him. None of us found him, he found us. He came to us, he initiated. He awakened in me my need of him, that nothing else would ever meet that need in my life but him. He awakened that need and then the potential of What would happen if I put my faith in him? So he started this race. He saved us. And the one who saved us is now working with us to perfect. He's the perfecter because we are not perfect. And I really encourage you to watch last week's message as I talk about progressive sanctification. This is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. 
that you get saved and then you're on a journey. And that journey can be slow because spiritual growth at times is slow. But we are giving ourselves to the one who is perfect. We're giving ourselves to the one who is on our side. We're giving ourselves to the one who is for us and his mercy is at work in our lives even today. See, all in means I'm encouraged because my expectation is set. When I got married, Kelly and I exchanged a vow that says for better or for worse. And so we're committed not based on if things are better or worse. We're committed because it's a covenant. So it's not a circumstance that's determining the health of our marriage. It's our choice that we are committed to each other. We started this race and we're going to run this race regardless of circumstance. In your faith journey, you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And there are going to be highs and lows. They don't determine your commitment. That's determined by an action of your heart. And then as you move forward... You're serious about sin. You're serious about sin because you're running a race that is your life. And the way you do it is by keeping your eyes on Jesus who started this, who's perfecting a work in you, and will finish what he started. It's so hope-filled. Let's continue. He says, because of the joy, speaking of Jesus awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Now we get Jesus as an example. Not just those in Hebrews 11. Who were an amazing example of people all in. But now we have the ultimate example. Jesus Christ. Who had no limits to his love. Was all in for you and me. So that we would have his grace. There's something I want you to know today. I want you to know it in your heart. And that is that Jesus is for you. He is on your side. Everything about him is to get his presence and grace into your life. And to activate a work of transformation in your life. Let me show you what I mean. And I want to set this up. What I'm about to show you is written by Paul. You know that before Paul was saved, they called him Saul. So when he gets converted, he even changes his name from Saul of Tarsus, and he becomes Paul the Apostle. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. He is definitely the greatest missionary who's ever lived. Before salvation, to try and give a category to this man, think of him like this because it's true. 100% accurate. He slaughtered Christians. Everything about him was in his own actions and through his influence to have believers put to death. When you watch ISIS and they are brutalizing, terrorizing, and murdering Christians, that is a way to categorize Saul. Before he became Paul the Apostle. So we're talking about a person who lived every minute to work against God and against God's team and against God's way, against God's message. Now let me show you what it says in Galatians. This is chapter 1 verse 15. 
This is Paul writing, even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then, and this is what blows my mind when I think about who this guy was before salvation. Then it pleased God, pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. If it pleased God to reveal Jesus to a man who's working to shut down the message of the gospel, a man who is slaughtering Christians, if it pleased God to reveal Jesus to him, and then he goes on as a converted follower of Jesus, writes most of the New Testament, plants one church after the other, and is now one of these heroes of the faith, then just how much is God for us? More than we could ever imagine. More than you could ever think. See, we a lot of times will base God's grace on how we're doing rather than on his love. Maybe in your history, there was not a lot of affirmation. There was not a lot of encouragement or support. Where failure maybe in your home was final. It wasn't an opportunity to grow and learn. I've even had people say to me, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Here's a better way. What would you do if you knew you were going to fail but it's not final? Because failure happens to everybody. But if in your environment growing up, it it seemed to disconnect you from relationship because you weren't allowed to mess up, then you pass that on in your perception of God, then you will live in this oppressive spirit Instead of allowing him to perfect your faith, you will disconnect because you can't imagine that he would be for you. When in fact, he is so for you that even before you were born, he was at work with a heart energized to reveal himself to you and loves you so much. If you go back to Hebrews 11, it talks about Abraham. Well, he lied all of the time. I mean, here here he is with his wife, and they come into the enemy's camp, and the enemy says, is that your wife? He says, no, this is my sister. He repeatedly lied, and he's like the father of the faith. Moses, he committed murder, could never get a clue about who he was in God and finally through a process he realized who he was in God he realized the difference between his presence and God's presence and was known now as the deliverer David is listed y'all know that David was adulterer and murderer these are the heroes because no one is perfect they continue to yield to God And let him work in and on their lives. What you do find about them is they came to the point where they took life seriously. They took sin seriously. 
And when they took sin seriously, they found grace and mercy and power to overcome. You can have Christ formed in you. But it starts with knowing that he's not against you. He is for you. If you understand the gospel, hate will never be able to rule your heart. Because there's never been a greater love expressed to humanity than that which was expressed through Jesus Christ who endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? That this guy, Saul of Tarsus, terrorizing Christians and trying to destroy the church, that this guy and every one of us would have awakened in our hearts that God created us. God then moved to become Redeemer. And it pleases God to reveal Jesus to us so that our sins can be forgiven, our life can be changed, and we can move forward in a process of change, not just an imputed righteousness, but a practical righteousness that is part of a sanctifying, ever-changing life. This happens. Here's what you see about this guy. From Acts 9, where he was saved, he wasn't perfect, but he was all in. See, it's not about our perfection. It is about our attitude. That I'm all in. All in means I'm going to be careful with my focus. I'm going to be careful with my character. I'm going to be careful with my opportunity to know Jesus. To grow in an awareness of not just his word, but also his presence. So that church is not just a Sunday thing. That I'm walking with Jesus in a relationship with Jesus. I'm growing, I'm thriving, I'm moving forward, and God is using my life. I'm running my race. I'm running my race. All in will move to how we spend our time, how we spend our money, how we use our talent. But here's the thing. If you get your budget right and you're honoring God with the tithe, but you're not all in in your heart, then there's still a disconnect If you're using your talent for God, but your talent is taking you where your character can't keep you because you're not taking sin seriously, then there's an issue. It's all in. Not perfection, but attitude of I, he's God. He's in control. He's the authority. He's the one who determines right from wrong. And I surrender to him. So, for the unbeliever, you must repent and accept Jesus For the believer, be quick to confess and also repent because we're being perfected. Please don't cover up and pretend. What will destroy the potential of all-in faith is pretending and covering up as though we don't have these issues that the Lord is perfecting. Let's let's be all-in and watch what God will do. With your eyes closed, let me lead you in prayer today. Here comes the moment where it's like the hinge. Everything turns at this moment. And as you sit there with your eyes closed, I want you to consider 
Are you all in? And if not, are you willing to be? What you're, what you're saying is, I recognize I could have a greater devotion. I could have a greater focus on Jesus. I could be more conscious of the presence of God. I could be more God-honoring in the way I think, in the way I talk, the way I treat people. I want to be all in. You yield to the power of God to perform that in you. But it starts with your attitude to let that work occur. Jesus, please see in us a desire for you. desire for more of you. In this holy moment, we just bring before you a life that is going to be given, turned over to you, submitted to you. All in. I thank you for what you're going to do as a result of finding hearts that are consecrated, set apart, devoted to you. In the Old Testament, we read that you're looking for a heart like that. Find it here. Find it in me. Find it in us. Find it in this church. Would you stand with me, everybody? Jesus was sending a letter through John to a church. And in that letter, Jesus said all of these amazing things about this church. But after the list of all the great things, he said, but here's the issue. And the issue was about their love, that there was a day they loved Jesus more than at that present time. And he said, you, you have to get back to your first love. What was he saying? He's saying, church, there was a day you were all in. I need you to be all in. I've really prayed, Lord, I know I need that. I need, I need that all in spirit. How about you? How about us? What we have to be so careful of is in a, a building as nice as this, in as great a location as this with all this talent that we have in this church and the, the atmosphere with which we get to come and, and be in this church that it just becomes normal and the way it becomes normal is because if it's not about him then something something will be missing let me say it this way I want church services to be awesome but discipleship happens between Sundays. This is spectacular. Discipleship not only happens here, but it happens when you're in traffic. When you're going back to that job to be faithful. If you're married, it's that covenant-keeping heart. 
refusing to let your marriage become boring and tepid, keeping it fresh and amazing. It's as a teenager saying, I could live that life where I'm negative about people and I'm kind of half in my commitment to Jesus. Or you can set yourself apart and love him and be devoted to him. So you get it. I know you do. I pray you act on it. I pray we will. And here's what I want to do. It's only 1140. I finish early on purpose because this is a message that really takes about five minutes to preach. All in? Am I? No, I see where I'm not. Okay, that's where I need to apply my heart and my focus. So I've left time for us to take action on this message. And worship is a way of surrendering. It's a way of adjusting focus. It's a way of becoming sensitive to the presence of God where I repent of sin, where I express my heart to Him, where I am refreshed by His presence, where I'm reminded of His love, where I'm reminded that He's for me and not against me, and He's willing to help me. This is an atmosphere where I not only hear, but I experience the Word. It's a living Word, and now I experience it until when I get into my car and drive off this parking lot, I can say that something is going to live beyond this church service in my life. Because it's, it's being seated deep. Is the Holy Spirit putting a call in your heart today? Is there a summons? Is there a drawing? Do you hear His voice saying, You're His son, you're His daughter? To move to the next level. What I want us to do is enter this worship and as the team sings, an action step with not only to worship, but to move out of our seats and come forward as an entire church family and say, I'm all in. I'm all in. And we just turn our, our full attention to the Holy Spirit's presence and how he would speak to us, how he would work in us. So if that drawing is happening, if that desire is there to be all in as they sing, you come and then you join in the song. And let us give God honor, set him apart as Lord, reverence him as the almighty God, as the one who deserves our highest, who deserves our best, who deserves our full devotion. Lord, I pray you work as we worship. Just come as they sing. Our hearts will cry these bones. 
would you do that right now? Would you just pour out your praise? Come on, he's put breath in your lungs. He's given his life. Out of the grace he's given us, let's worship him. Out of the grace he's shown us, let's worship him. Out of the grace that he's poured out, now let's just give our devotion to him. Lord, it is you that we worship. It is you that we devote our hearts to. A relationship, a life, a life lived in loyalty to you. A life that is under your lordship. That we will be careful with our relationship with you. We will protect the devotion that we have for you. Lord God, forgive us. We repent of our complacency. We repent of drifting from you. We repent of compromise. We repent of losing our first love. We repent of anything that separates us or that causes us to lose our passion for you. You are everything. So we give all that we are. We give all that we have. We will love you with all of our hearts. We will love you with all of our minds. We will love you with all of our soul. We will love you with all of our strength. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. We will have a fire in our heart for you. We will have a passion to honor you, to live for you, oh God. All in, Lord. All in, Lord. Come on, everybody, let's sing it. Come on, do it right now. heart today. There's no one else like him. No one else compares with him. Declare his greatness from your spirit today. Sing it. 
from your spirit today. by saying, Lord, you see where we are. In your own heart right now, you're, you may be in one of those very challenging times. Submit that to the Lord and determine in your heart that you're going to be faithful. Success can be as challenging as adversity. Success will challenge your passion for Jesus as much or more as adversity. Lord, we will not let success and we will not let adversity determine our faithfulness. In heaven's arena today, we know there are champions of faith they made that choice daily we are all in wherever you are on that spectrum just tell the Lord right now you're all in it sets everything else in motion if in our hearts we are all in now we can move to this next challenge where we take sin seriously Right now, is there anything that is fueling the fire of sin in your life and there are actions you can take so that you can have Christ formed in you? Do you need to set yourself apart from something or someone, anything that is hindering your devotion? Will you accept grace right now as you repent? Will you accept power right now for transformation? Now in your heart, see yourself as a runner. You're in the race. It's your 
life. It's your God-given life. And you're running. You're enduring. Now hear the Holy Spirit say in your heart, He started the good work in you. And He's faithful to watch over that work that He has started in you. And He will perform it. He will perfect your faith. He will finish what He has started. Inside of you is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of a finisher. Inside of you is the Alpha and the Omega. So He is strengthening your resolve right now. He is strengthening a determined spirit inside of you. Don't be distracted. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The author and the perfecter of your faith. See him in his love. See him pleased to reveal himself to you. See him with you, for you, convicting you, leading you, guiding you. See his life. Was all in for you and for me. And now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. There is no other name. There is no equal. There's not even a close second. He is God. And you see him. He's there in victory, in giving you victory. He's there in total control for those times when your life is out of control. He's there as the mediator between you and God. He doesn't plead your case. He pleads his own case that satisfied the heart of God. Now, right now, this moment, you come with boldness to the Lord. You come because you have been washed in the blood. You've been reconciled to God by the work of Jesus. So you come with confidence that he loves you, that he's for you, that he's going to help you. He's going to bring you through. Oh, he's amazing. Just right now, lift up hands to the Lord in worship and praise. Be overwhelmed with his goodness. Be overwhelmed with his glory. Be overwhelmed with his presence, his power. It's amazing grace from an amazing God. Before you were born, He saw this moment that you would be saying all in. Experience Him. Sense Him. Know Him.
presence is here. from your heart. Say, Jesus, I'm all in, all of my life, fully given. Thank you for grace. Thank you for the power of transformation. My focus is on you. I will be careful with my life, and I will live to honor you. I will live to be a testimony of who you are. For your honor and for your glory, you deserve my highest. You deserve my best. That is my heart for you. All in. Say it stronger. All in. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go in the passion of your heart. Have the best week. We'll continue this theme next week. I hope you come and bring somebody. God bless you, everyone. You're dismissed.